Chapter 7 of Titus, A Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, A Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 7 The morning sun, as it flickered cheerfully through the high latticed window of a room in the house of Caiaphas, revealed an apartment of noble proportions. After the fashion of the times a divan extended along the wall on three sides. The fourth side, being open, showed between its light twisted pillars of coloured marble glimpses of the terrace outside. The floor was covered with thick rugs of eastern manufacture. Tapestries of rich hues draped the walls, while curious low tables and chairs of Roman workmanship, rare vases, and a multitude of costly trifles completed an interior speaking of both wealth and refinement. The sole occupant of the room on this pleasant morning was Anna, the wife of Caiaphas. Sorrow-laden years had left their traces, for her hair was streaked with white, and lines here and there on her face spoke of suffering patiently borne. But beneath the dark brows her eyes shone sweet and bright, while the curves of her noble figure were still perfect and graceful as in youth. From where she sat at ease on the divan with her embroidery, the noble Anna could look out upon the terrace, where climbing roses and other fragrant flowers wreathed the balustrades, and cast pleasant silhouettes of dancing leaves on the marble pavement beneath. The tinkling of a fountain was borne pleasantly to the ear, mingled with the twittering of birds. It was very quiet and peaceful, and the peace seemed reflected in the face of the lady, as she worked quietly and steadily, drawing the gold threads through the rich fabric in her hands. Presently there was a sound of footsteps on the terrace, and Anna, raising her eyes from her work, saw the tall figure of a man standing at the entrance. "'Greetings to thee, my wife,' he said. At the sound of his voice the lady rose, and, casting aside her work, came forward to meet him with a little cry of joy. "'Tis thou, my husband, and I expected thee not until evening.' "'We travelled by the light of the full moon, and found it more pleasant than sunlight,' said the man. "'Is all well with the household?' he continued. "'And with thee, my Anna?' "'All is well,' she answered. "'And how didst thou find our kinsfolk in Capernaum?' "'They are in good health,' replied Caiaphas. Then, frowning darkly, he added, "'But Jairus is as strangely infatuated with the man Jesus as are others in Galilee. He declares that he believes him to be the Messiah. "'Tis rank blasphemy, and goeth against the Scriptures.' "'But is it true about the miracles of healing of which we have heard?' asked Anna, with true feminine curiosity. "'There is no end to the marvels which fill the mouth of every Galilean rustic,' said Caiaphas contemptuously. I would that the marvels were all of it, but the pestilential teachings of the man. Here he checked himself, saying, But these be not things to trouble thee with. I shall take steps to put a stop to it. Now I must rid myself of the stains of travel, and wilt thou, my Anna, bid the servants prepare me some refreshment, for I have not eaten since before sunrise. But stay, he added, fumbling in the ample folds of his garment, I have a letter for thee from the wife of Jairus. And handing Anna a small sealed packet, he hurriedly left the apartment. Anna regarded the letter in her hand with a smile of pleased expectancy, but forbore to open it until she had made due arrangements with her maids for the comfort of her husband, for she was a notable housewife. Then, traversing the terrace, she descended the marble stairway which led into the garden, and seating herself upon a bench near the fountain, proceeded to break the seal of the letter, which she still held in her hand. It was written upon a fine parchment, then tightly rolled, bound about with silken thread, and sealed with wax in several places so that the opening of it was a matter which occupied several moments. The last seal being broken, the lady spread up in the parchment and began to read. 
Sarah, the wife of Jairus, unto the noble lady Anna, my sister, beloved of Jehovah, greetings. We have had much pleasure in the presence with us of Caiaphas, thy most noble husband, and the high priest of the holy temple, and especially did we rejoice in the knowledge that all is well with thee, and with thy household, and with the household of Annas our father. In truth, though, this be a fair city, and though our home be very dear to me, I oftentimes long for the things of my youth, and for the faces of my kinsfolk, and acquaintances which be at Jerusalem. Of late there hath been that which hath caused much talk among us, to wit, the presence in Capernaum of the Nazarene, Jesus, who hath wrought great wonders of healing, and teacheth new and strange things. My husband Jairus, who is, as thou knowest, a just man, and one holy and acceptable in the sight of our God, believeth him to be the Messiah foretold by the Scriptures. And I grieve that the matter was one which caused a hot dispute between my husband and the worshipful Caiaphas. As for myself, I have seen with mine own eyes that which hath caused me to be filled with wonder and amazement. For, behold, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and all manner of diseases have been healed by this man. Moreover, he hath cast out many devils from those possessed by them, and the devils themselves have testified of him that he is the Holy One of God. He is beautiful to look upon, my Anna, but of a mysterious and wonderful presence, so that, while one looks, there seemeth to go out from him an influence which draweth all unto him. Even our little Ruth, who hath seen him and heard him preach in our synagogue, ceaseth not to talk of him, and she doth frequently beg me to go forth with her to seek him. This have I not done, for the crowds which attend him at all times are so great that it were not seemly for me, a daughter of Annas, to mingle with them. Notwithstanding I have taken every opportunity to hear him whenever it hath been possible, and also to inform myself of his teachings. He teacheth often by stories and parables, and in brief, that all may return unto God the Father of all. He speaks of himself, sometimes as the Son of God, sometimes as the Son of Man, and declareth that he hath come from God to call sinners to repentance. It is rumored that in Samaria even he hesitated not to talk to a woman of their nation concerning this salvation, which thing would not be done by the rabbis, as thou knowest, for indeed the Samaritans be not of the true faith. Another strange thing about this man is that he hath selected for his followers certain men of the lower classes, some of whom are fishermen by trade, and dwell in Capernaum. In truth, my sister, I fear that I cannot make thee clearly to understand why we are inclined in our hearts to believe that this man is indeed the Messiah. But if he cometh up to Jerusalem, be sure that thou makest an occasion of seeking him for thyself, then assuredly thou wilt understand. The little Ruth sendeth greetings, so also doth Jairus my husband, we hope to see thee at no distant day, for the next feast-day is now not far away, and we shall come up to Jerusalem at that time, if all be well with us. And now, my beloved sister, thou seest how long a letter I have written to thee with mine own hand. Wilt thou, for me, greet on us our father, also our brothers, together with their households? May the God of Abraham keep thee and thine, and now farewell. As Anna finished reading this epistle, she became aware that someone was waiting her pleasure to speak with her, and raising her eyes she saw Malchus, a favorite servant of her husband. The man made a gesture expressive of profound respect, and then spoke, My Lord hath desired me to say unto thee, most noble lady, that matters of importance will detain him until the hour for the evening repast. He will see thee at that time if it be thy pleasure. The man, after delivering his message, was about to withdraw, when Anna detained him with a word. Stay! she said. Thou mayest tell thy master that it is well, and that the repast will be served in the garden of the inner house at sunset. I will await him there. 
Then, as the man still lingered, she added pleasantly, for he was an old and trusted servant, Didst thou enjoy thy journey to Capernaum, Malchus? I did, most noble lady, was the reply. Then, rather hesitatingly, he added, I saw there a man whom I knew formerly in Jerusalem. He had been sick with the palsy for many years, and when last I saw him had lain on his bed unable to move for more than ten years. He was walking about in the streets of Capernaum as nimbly as I myself. I spoke with him, for I thought at first my eyes had played me false, but it was the same man. His name is Eliphaz, and formerly, before he was stricken with his ailment, he was a servant of the revered Annas. "'And what caused this most notable cure, good Malchus?' said Anna encouragingly. "'I asked him, most noble lady, and he said that one Jesus of Nazareth, which is in Galilee, saw him lying upon his mat at the city gate, and bade him rise up and carry his bed to his home, and that he was able to carry out the command. It was a most amazing thing. Afterward I myself saw the man who worked the miracle.' "'Didst thou see him perform any cure?' questioned Anna. "'Nay, he was telling a story to a crowd of people. "'Twas a pretty tale and easy to be understood. "'The children who were there, and there were very many of them, "'listened as quietly as any of the grown folk. "'I should like to have heard more, but I could not stop, "'for I was taking a message from my master to one of the rabbis.' "'Anna longed to question the man further, "'but restrained herself and dismissed him "'with a pleasant word of praise for his faithfulness.' Meanwhile, Caiaphas, the high priest, was seriously occupied in his own part of the mansion. Soon after his arrival in Jerusalem, he had sent messengers to men of authority in the Jewish church, with imperative summons to wait upon him at a certain hour in the palace. For some time past a servant had been ushering these expected guests into an apartment which was especially set apart for such purposes. It was, like the other rooms in the palace, lofty and well-lighted, but furnished with the utmost simplicity and severity. When all were assembled, Malchus acquainted his master with the fact, and he entered the apartment with a mien at once dignified and austere. All but one of the company rose in greeting, and before that one Caiaphas himself paused, and bowing his head said, Most revered and noble Annas, I greet thee, and I am especially glad that thou art present with us today, for by thy wisdom thou canst guide us in our deliberations. The man who had sat to receive the salutation of the high priest was of reverent aspect, his beard flowing upon his breast was of silvery whiteness, while beneath the snowy folds of his turban showed singularly keen and brilliant eyes. Yet despite its dignity there was in the face of this man that which to the close observer would indicate cunning, obstinacy, and cruelty. He responded courteously to the greeting of Caiaphas, and as the latter seated himself, said, My son, thou hast called us together to-day to learn the result of thy mission to Galilee. What is now thine opinion of the man who is called Jesus? I found, said Caiaphas, that the reports of the excitement in Galilee have not been exaggerated, but rather that we had not heard to the full how this man hath stirred up the populace. He hath been teaching not only in the streets of the city, and in the byways of the country round about, but after the manner of the rabbis he enters into the synagogues and teaches there. According to the popular reports he hath performed great works of healing. Of these I did not satisfy myself, for I saw nothing, and of that which I heard I make no account. The credulity of the common people is well known, and more especially in Galilee. They are ignorant and little qualified to judge of such matters. But, said a man called Nicodemus, is it not true that even in Jerusalem this Jesus wrought some notable cures? Tis said that he did, most noble friend, replied Caiaphas, but which of us can prove it? If the cures had been performed upon reputable citizens they might perhaps be worthy of our note, but, as thou knowest, the ones professing to be healed were beggars. And the word of a beggar, what is it? But after all, it is not of this Jesus as a physician that we would speak. 
he might heal all the beggars in the country without harm, but his more serious pretensions demand our consideration. I tell thee frankly that the man pretends to be the Messiah, and as such is likely to have a great following among the people. His pretensions are blasphemous, broke in the sonorous voice of Annas. I have studied the prophets from my youth up, and nowhere do I find such an one as this foretold. The Messiah is to be a mighty king, who will save the chosen people of Jehovah from the hand of their enemies, and he shall establish his throne in Jerusalem and reign in power. It is moreover prophesied that the prince shall be of the lineage of David, and shall be born in Bethlehem of Judea. This man is a Nazarene. If this man were the Messiah, said another, he would assuredly seek to ally himself with the priesthood of the Most High. He not only doth not so seek to ally himself, broke in Caiaphas with an angry frown, but he hath been heard to speak lightly of the laws and customs of the church, and even of the Pharisees and scribes. Moreover, he observeth not our laws, and doth eat with unwashen hands, and mingleth with publicans and sinners, even going into their houses to eat and to drink. My counsel is that we require certain wise and prudent ones of the rabbis to watch this man, and report to us of his doings. For there is great danger to the priesthood and to the institutions of the God of our fathers, if he be allowed to teach unchecked. Thou speakest with wisdom, servant of the Most High, said Annas. It is our duty to guard the faith of our fathers, and to preserve it from contamination. If this man be a blasphemer, he ought to die. It is our law. Yet must we move with due caution and secrecy in the matter, lest we incur the displeasure of the people. A murmur of applause followed this sentiment, and then arose a discussion of ways and means, in which all present took part, with the result that certain wise and crafty men, approved by the council, were appointed to go to Galilee and watch the man Jesus, that they might find sufficient accusation against him to warrant putting him to death. End of chapter 7